Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. It's uh, Roxanne Durhach. Thanks again for tuning in uh, to Authentic Living with Roxanne. So this week I have a special guest and a colleague, uh, Deborah Fernanen. Hi, Deborah. How are you today? I'm wonderful, Roxanne. How are you? Good, good. Um, so we're uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, expertise in writing, which is something um, that uh, Deborah brings uh, an immense amount of. Um, knowledge and, and wisdom around the the topic of writing and I'm going to write just read a little bit about her her background and obviously uh, we can talk a little bit more if I've missed anything Deborah. Deborah is the president of creative creative consulting services Inc a boutique style editing and writing firm uh, she's a cognitive and intuitive writer editor which I I, I cannot under under um, estimate the importance of that, especially as a writer myself, how important that is when you work with the right person when you're writing. She uses those abilities to draw out the essence and the construct, the intent on the feeling of your book, which again is, is vitally important. She crafts with intention, the intentions of having the, the audience savor your story and in turn your voice, which is very important, and comprehend your message. She believes in making dreams attainable by helping their clients, her clients enhance and organize their thoughts through words and in, in uh, uh, quotations, words that move their audience to action, which is so, again, very, very important. She's an editor, a writer, and a cognitive nonfiction ghostwriter. Um, and this, this element of intuitive writing is such an important thing. But yes. before we jump into that, Deborah, I just want you to, you know, when uh, Deborah and I met at a, a networking event uh, in Toronto a little while back, and um, we have a bit in common. We're, our backgrounds were both from uh, Trinidad and Tobago. Our families are from Trinidad and Tobago, so we started to chat a little bit about that, the Trinity's yeah, yeah. connecting. And um, I know that writing is something that scares a lot of people, right? Um, and even the thought of writing a book. So I want you to kind of tell people a little bit about your path and what got you into those, you know, space of writing. Well, for me, even as an editor, um, I'll be honest with you. I tell all my uh, writers, all my authors this. I don't even want to write a book. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> I'm afraid to write a book. I have uh, next to me uh, a journal that I've started, which I hope it one day um, to write a book, but I'm afraid. I've got a half-written, very boring book on editing, uh, grammar, uh, M dashes, commas, semicolons, as boring as you can get. And even that I'm afraid of. Uh, well, that one I'm not too afraid of, but there is that nature in us to be afraid of things that are new to us and that uh, we have not experienced. And what 
I think what it is uh, is that uh, we understand that. Unlike a large firm where you're just a number, you're just given a purchase order number, you're in queue to get edited, uh, we take time and we understand. Uh, halfway through a project, I just had a client at the start of her project decided to go in another direction. She was afraid to let me know that she had made this change. I had to let her know when she finally came through that uh, you're not the only one. This is what happens. Uh, getting started, you may think you've got the best idea. You start chatting with me and I start poking at you and bringing out other things. And then sometimes there's a change in direction. You realize that what you were writing truly was not what you were meant to write. This is what we're all about. Uh, we're, we're all about taking the scare out of it, uh, making it a beautiful and comfortable experience for you. Of course, at the end, a profitable experience by having your book published, becoming um, an authoritative um, author or uh, bring credibility to what you do. But the process itself must be enjoyable. And I think you, you having books under your belt as well, Roxanne, would understand that. It is a difficult project, and if you don't have the right person holding your hand, encouraging you along the way, it's, it, it becomes not, not a labor of love, but labor. Yes, just, just per, labor, period. Because yes. it's such a big concept, and I, I often say that um, I had said years ago, and I think I may have shared this with you. I think I was talking to a colleague. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to write a book. I had no intention, honest to God, of writing a book, right? Like, so I said that like 10 years ago, and he goes, oh, my God, I would never write a book. And uh, I, I said, oh, I think I might. And that was the extent of my I'm going to write a book thing, you know. And, and it's amazing, right? Once you once I decided that I was going to write it and I wrote about what I knew, I wrote about psychotherapy and, and relationships and all that stuff, which I know it's all up here, but it's, it's, the, it's the process that I've learned um, going through my whole space was how do you download it from here onto a piece of paper or, or a computer screen? Right. Yes, that's that's exactly a part of the process. At times, uh, for a book such as what you've written, a more um, educational type book, a uh, book that follows a, a type of process, it's a lot easier because you're you're putting information onto paper and you're you're knitting it together with your personal experiences, with your own philosophy. However, if you're writing a book that is about a life experience. Um, in particular, if it's something that has been very uh, traumatic, moving, or whichever way it has affected you, but you want to impart that information to the world, this is what we set you up with a guideline. Now, when you're ready to write a book with us, it's not a process of here's a price, thanks for the manuscript, we'll work on it. What the process is, is that we sit down and meet with you at least uh, two to three times prior to assure that we get along. But what we do give you is an outline. We discuss where you want to start, where you want to begin. We ask you questions. What is your, who is your audience? What is the aim of this book? Is it a monetary? Is it um, a religious? Do you want to, to change the world? What do you want to do? And it's from there that we break it down. And through that uh, type of uh, intake, we're able to build a customized outline for you. And with that customized outline, you have 
we tell you, we know what your chapters are. You've essentially decided that, but we, we help you construct and stay on track. In addition, we do personal reviews. So we will hand you a chunk of work and we'll go over it with you and get your opinion on it. Do you like what the changes are that we've made? We may question you even further as to, can you expand on this? Does this make sense? Were you drinking at the time when you wrote this? <laughs> well, I you know. <laughs> I ask people that. I think you have to wine when you wrote this. Then you'll get the pause and then you'll get, yeah, I was. <laughs> oh, you're kidding. You're serious. I thought you were kidding. I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'm the time that. Yeah. <laughs> not, not to say that it's uh, gibberish or badly written. It's usually uh, a thought that popped into their head and they wrote it down. Right. And it's usually very good because that thought, this is what we do now. We take that thought that was out of place. We ask you about it. It may expand into another chapter. It may expand into another idea. Right. So getting it from your head, the paper, when you get to us, it's easy. But before you get to us, there is a lot. You have to portion it out by day by day. You have to write without looking at changing the grammar. And I thought, you know, that was a big thing, right? Because if you think about academic writing, which is what I had only done prior, right? And business writing for documents and stuff like that and communications completely different. So that was a hard thing for me, Deborah. It was like, she, you know, my editor would say to me, okay, I need 30 pages. We're going to talk in a week. And I'm like, but hold up. She goes, no, no, no. I just need 30. And I mean, I need I'm sure your writers would say this. I need a deadline because if you leave me up to my own devices, I will find everything. But, um, and was it the traditional lock myself in my house? No, I just, if I knew I had to do it by a certain timeline. And then she said, and don't edit it, which was like a, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Just write it, free flow it, sit down, write it, and then we'll look at it. And I was, at first I was very uncomfortable because then I, I was like trying to, because when you edit your critique and then you're kind of out of that creative flow, would you agree with that statement? Absolutely. Absolutely. So getting started um, with us, we do give you deadlines. We tell you this is a review period. These are the number of chapters that are going to be done. But the, again, once before you get to me, you really have to be, determined and what I see when uh, there are two types of clients that come to me ones that in, in particular they all have in general they all have their manuscripts ready unless they're going through an interview process with me and an interview process with me is I write ask them some questions write some chapters based on those answers and their experiences so there are uh, a few different things so if they're you're starting from scratch you have to block off the time to yourself if you're not working with an editor at that moment. If you're working on your own, you just have to sit down and write. Think of it as a journal. You give it a heading and you write. Then you bring it to someone who is a cognitive writer, who's got some intuition about what you're doing, and they break it down for you. This is where we will find, okay, what you wrote in day number six, we're going to move it to day number one, and we're going to construct it like that. So depending on the book and depending on the stage that they're at, um, there are various methods to go through. But initially, write free flow. Forget about the spelling. 
forget about the comments, just, just write it. Because if you start focusing on forming um, the, the chapters and the essence of it, you're going to lose it because you're going to forget what, you, what you're feeling at that moment. Ideally, I ask clients to get in such a zone that they end up channeling their work. Mm-hmm. And channeling uh, can be on different levels for different people. I know for myself, when I am channeling, when I'm writing, um, pretty much the world could come down around me and I wouldn't even know. Mm-hmm. So I tell my clients, again, you find that space, you make it peaceful. For example, I have a candle lit right now. I have some incense burning. I've got some very relaxing music in the background. And that puts you in the zone to focus on what you need to do. And again, the thing is, you have to look at it as a labor of love, not labor. Mm-hmm. Fun for you, you will sit down and write. A little bit different on the academic work, books, and I think you know that. You yes, know, and I wouldn't even attempt that, okay. Deborah. I would, I, I would admit up front, I'd be like, okay, that is not my zone. <laughs> yeah. Right? The academic writing, um, absolutely, right? Whereas with mine is more of a, a self-help kind of, you know, work, work. You work through the books, but it's not an academic and by all means, it's the end user is meant to be able to pick it up and work it through. But I think it's also knowing, um, you know, I, I think I, I think of a like a you know a fictional book. Like I mean, the process of that um, must be quite interesting compared to say a book like mine. Yes. So if you're, I, I don't focus uh, that much on fiction. It's an area that we're going in right into right now because fiction writing is. So it's subjective. What I might think a comma may work here may not because of what the client is doing. So we focus more on nonfiction writing. Okay. So uh, credibility, and that does not mean that it has to be an academic book. Uh, we do a lot of philosophy books. Okay. Uh, who have their have based their have created their own philosophy based either on religious ideals based on a coaching method or based on something that they thought of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those are the books where you really have to keep your clients in line. Because as I say, if I don't understand it, no one else is going to understand it. So and I think you- that's so important, right? Because like even me um, writing uh, in, in the field kind of of psychotherapy or psychology, there were certain things that I would use and she would say, what's that? And I'm like, what do you mean? What's that? But she literally would say, no, the average, you have to think of what is the grade level that they say that should be able to pick up a book grade seven, grade eight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I was like, wow. And then I realized how I would be skewing people. You know, people would not know what I was meaning by some of the basic words that I would use. And then I had to, she had to say, okay, what's a different word for this? What's a simpler word for this? All those things. And I mean, did I, I repeated myself in multiple parts and she'd go like, well, where does this really go? Like we've talked about this here and then you mentioned it here and you mentioned it. I'm like, did I, I must've been asleep. (laughs) (laughs) There's a nice glass of wine, as I always say. (laughs) Yeah. That is exactly it. Yeah. You have to, um, oh, it, it's a process where, for us as, an edit, as editors, it has to make sense. Mm-hmm. If, as I said, if I can't understand it, 
the majority of the population is not going to spend it. If I get excited about it, trust me, a lot of people are going to get excited about it. Uh, as I like to say, I'm, I'm hard. I don't get moved by much. So if you move me, in my eyes, you've moved hundreds of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And um, when you're writing your own philosophy, which essentially is what a lot of people are doing right now with the uh, with the self-publishing industry being so big, and it's able to you're so able to get your book out there now. Everyone is uh, wanting to write about what they believe, um, a branch off of a coaching method that they they they've used. But sometimes the words that they're using and the format they're using is not reaching their audience. And this is where the cognitive um, method that comes in within my writing. I have to understand it on all the various senses, uh, even right down to feeling what they've written. Mm -hmm. Uh, Visually, it has to make sense. Auditory, it, it just has to make sense. And this is what I work with. And I say, well, this is not quite making sense. And as with your editor, you say, well, you've mentioned it a few other times in a different way. How, what is a better way of doing this? And, and I'll poke and I'll keep prodding and, until it comes in. The intuitive part uh, for people who are writing um, books on their personal life, this is where my intuition really comes in. And I call people out. Um, you've written a sentence here. However, this is truly not what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. A simple word, a simple word such as is, are, of, it can make it change an entire, the entire meaning and the entire essence of a, uh, a book that is written from a personal level, not an authoritative book. And this is where I start questioning people. And I'll say, well, you wrote it as this. If you use the word it, are you, it becomes impersonal. So I poke and I poke, and then I'll find out things such as, well, I was married at the time when I was having, telling, writing about this guy. Mm -hmm. And just little nuances will help me bring out, I can't say the truth, but the true essence of the book. And I feel when the reader, when the, the author is authentic, tells the truth, bears their soul, those are books that move people to feel comfortable in their own skin, to say, this is who I am because there's somebody else like me who's done the same. So in those types of books, it's always prodding to find out the authoritative books. It's questioning, does this make sense? So now I, I, wanna, I want you to talk about um, anybody listening and they have an idea. And they've always, I, I have, since I've written my book, um, you know, I've, I've been in two chapter books and I have my own book. Every time, you know, you talk a lot of times, I shouldn't say every time, often when I'm talking to people, they say, I have always wanted to write a book. <laughs> I hear people say that all the time. And, uh, you know, and then I say, well, you can do it. This is me, right? I'm thinking if, if I can do it, you can do it. Right. And what what would you say to someone like you know people have stories they have of a girlfriend she was over the other she goes oh my god i've got this amazing book in mind and i said well then write it and then she would be like oh i don't i I just don't know where to start so what would you say to someone like kind of like that's thinking about writing something be it a piece a blog uh you know 
a short book, a novel? What I say to people is part of a philosophy. You've imagined it now. The next step is to explore the idea of writing. As with anything else, um, if you were to be making a recipe for the first time, you will look over all the ingredients to ensure that you have them. You will check your, your skill level. Is this something that I can accomplish? Is it, uh, do I need to be an expert baker? Can it be done by a 12-year-old? What do I need? This is where you have to sit down and, and talk to an editor. This is where an editor comes in and questions you on why you want to write this book. This is all part of the exploration process. Once that is over, it is my job to let you know, yes, you can do this. And the reason you can do this is that we're going to give you some guidelines. Mm -hmm. We're going to give you some help. We're going to be that monkey on your back that's going to ride you to produce work. We're going to, along the way, help you become a better writer by showing you your blind spots, by teaching you new, new words, new tricks. So when you're ready for your second book, and most people are, then they rarely leave it at one, you are now past the exploration stage, you're in the excitement stage. Mm -hmm. You've got the skills now because you've gone through with a professional editor and learned the writing skills that you, you need. So the next time you come to me, it's a very easy process for you. In fact, I find that my first time writers, uh, authors, by the time I'm close to finishing editing their first book, they've begun writing their second book. Mm -hmm. And when their second book reaches me, it's less of an editing process because now they're not afraid to write. They realize that the process is not as scary. It's not so as overwhelming and big. Exactly. It really is just breaking it down in a process. If you want to rush out a book in three months, that's an entirely different ballgame. You know, you have to take your time anywhere from six to eight months, in some cases a year, depending on the client. Uh, clients, even with uh, giving them a timeline to work with, um, part of my uh, coding process and the proposal, the very last line I read on my proposal to all my clients is, life takes over. Mm -hmm. Things happen. Sure. The schedule is set as such. Vacations happen, children happen, marriages happen, life happens. So talk about the different types of editing, because I did not know the terms, right? Now I know, right? So there's structural editing, there's... Um... Well, I think each, each company actually takes the same processes and gives them different names. Okay. What, I, uh, what we offer um, initially is a basic edit. So, for example, if you come to me with a blog or um, a thousand-page article, uh, we just edit it for you. So, basic okay. edit is looking for your commas, your semicolons, correcting any spelling errors, not advising you on enhancing words or changing words or questioning your structure. Mm -hmm. Just be sure that there are no errors in your work. And um, the work like that, is, we usually get are from people who've been writing for quite some time. Then there is a comprehensive edit. And a comprehensive edit is that uh, you send me your manuscript. We've already worked with you to help keep you within the guidelines. You know what's expected of you, et cetera. And uh, we look at it and we say, well, we can enhance this word for you. 
we can do this for you. We do it, we do it in a different color and then you review it with us and say, okay, that sounds really good. I really like how you, you, you brought to life what I was trying to say. I really like how you brought the clarity and the flow. It's what we focus on in a comprehensive edit. The clarity and the flow of what you're doing in okay. addition to the basic edit. Then we have what we call the complete rewrite. And this usually happens sometimes when it's someone's first attempt at a manuscript. And they have really not met with us. I get a phone call and I would say I was referred to you and they send their manuscript over to me. And it's exactly as, I, as we mentioned before, they sat down and they wrote it. No spelling, uh, checks, no grammar, no anything. That becomes a rewrite. So we take that content and we fully rewrite it, keeping the essence, keeping the, the context of what they want, keeping some of the content, but building on that. Um, so taking their idea and essentially it's a bud when it comes to us and we just help it blossom at that point. So there's three types of editing we do. Right. So there's, yeah, there's, so of course my, my concept that I learned was structural where they, you know, used to look at the, the entire structure, then they edited grammar and stuff like that. And then a final, final copy editing just before it goes to press yeah. uh, kind of thing. So that, but you're, you're, you do the, the whole kind of, um, kittle caboodle you do from beginning to end exactly. um, with a writer, if they would like that. Or you do different parts of it, if uh, need be, based on what the, what people are needing. Yes, uh, usually after an evaluation with us, after we look through their content and we start questioning, uh, we always give a, a sample edit. Okay. And from that sample edit, the client will say, "Oh my gosh, um, I do need to bump this up." Mm -hmm. Or, um, well, in most cases. You know, they, they accept what, what we've offered in terms of uh, editing it and what, what it can be. So we give them the choice of you can either write it along these, the flow and clarity format that we've given you, or you can continue raw writing and we rewrite it. So it is very customized. That's why I say we're, we're boutique. We, we have a series, uh, a set of uh, services that we offer. And we take all those services and we put together what's the best plan for you. And, and truly, that plan involves your family. I ask um, how many kids you have, what is your vacation going to be. That plan involves your level of anxiety. We really have to take those things into account. A person's psyche, how they feel on any given day. And I ask my clients to be honest with me. If you're not up to writing, to say, Deb, I'm just not feeling it right now. Right. And we sit down, we talk about it. I let them know that they're not alone in that feeling. I give them tips on how to get through it. Um, I find that walking away from it and doing something that you enjoy, uh, in my case, is taking a bath. And that brings the clarity back. Mm -hmm. you, you tend to, to wash off all the other influences and things that are intruding on your thoughts and you bring some clarity back to your work. And it's sometimes simple things, right? Like I, I'll give you my process. Like for me, I'm like, okay, I'm not locking myself in my house ever. But I had to do that two times. I thought, you're not leaving this house, you know, because I had to get stuff done. And mm -hmm. once I went to, I went away on a vacation and I, I was out and I should have just been in the moment. I was with friends and, 
with family and with my son and we were at the lake and I wrote, I swear it's 30, probably 20 pages. Yeah. And you know what happened? It didn't save. <gasps> oh my gosh. It did not save Deborah. And gosh. at that point I said to myself, I'm getting some, I'm giving, I'm getting a bigger message here. You're supposed to be in the moment, close the laptop and enjoy where you are. And I, I never retrieved that because mm -hmm. obviously somewhere along the line in the saving, I must have done something, but I, I think I was just meant to be present and to enjoy where I was at that time. And, you know, and it was the best thing because obviously I was on vacation and I was trying to mix two things. Um, so, you know, it's so individual. You're so right when you say, you know, I was on my own, you know, um, you know, juggling a lot of balls, kind of trying to kind of find my new equilibrium as being a single parent and as um, separated. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to find that space. Um, so I would number my pages, right? <laughs> I would do little tricks. Okay. I have 35 pages to write. So I'd number the top of my pages. Right. Uh, or, you know, or I'd write for 10 minutes and then, you know, do something that would be completely different. Exactly. Uh, or I would watch, like you said, the prep part of it. I would watch, um, uh, you know, YouTubes on the genre that I was going to write about with no intention, but other than just to get my brain going. Um, or sometimes I would just read, you know, research or whatever. And then I would just sit down and say, I'm going to, I'm going to knock off this 30 pages. And sometimes it was easier. And sometimes you're right. Your head is so full that you can't, you can't get an if, and, or but out of you, even if your life depended on it. And I think then I would just say, okay, it's, it's not going to happen. Not, not right now. It really, the writing is a very, very personal and emotional process. I'm just going to have to charge. Here, uh, batteries uh, doing the, the down thing. The um, you may oh, let me turn it this way. There we go. I just got it charged up. Um, the it, it, it is very, very personal when, when you're writing, and you cannot force yourself to write. Um, that is something you cannot do, you cannot force yourself to write. Even as an editor, working on a rewrite or a comprehensive edit, mm -hmm. I'm going through every paragraph and looking at it and seeing ways to enhance it. Sometimes my chair will go flying across the room as I push out to get out of it because I'm like pulling my scarf off and I'm uncomfortable. It's like, okay, you have got to stop now. And people have to understand, again, it's not labor. It's a labor of love. Mm -hmm to walk away from it sometimes and gain that clarity you cannot sit there and force yourself to write right it's not going to happen even if from anything in academic non-fiction fiction book you cannot force yourself to write it will not the work will not be right mm -hmm. you have to really understand that it's not a process it's not an engineering process you're not detached from writing. No matter what you're writing, there's an emotional attachment to it. And you have to treat it as such. You have to treat it with the respect, with the dignity, with the time, and you have to understand when it's time to walk away and when it's time to sit down and just let it all flow. So 
So it's intuitive, really. It is, it, it is, you are, because you're tapping into your unconscious part of your brain. I think it's, it's like you said, it's a, it's not a linear process and sometimes it flows and it, it just comes from you. And other times you're trying so hard that you're actually disrupting the flow of, it's just not there at that moment. So you need to go out and do, go for a walk or, you know, talk to a friend or do something different to kind of tap into the other senses. Well, these days for me, it's been shoveling the snow. When I've had enough of writing, I go out and I shovel the snow. <laughs> right, right. And it, it really, it, it sounds silly, and it sounds, again, laborious, but just getting out to shovel the snow, I'm not thinking about words at that time. And then I come in, and I'm physically, you know, more relaxed. I'm not as tense as if I were sitting at my desk. I go back, and sure enough, I never fail everything flows from there. Nice, nice. So I want you to um, tell people where, give them, you said you were going to give people something to think about with writing. And I hope that, you know, everybody kind of listening that has thought that they could write a book, that they, um, this, this exercise will at least challenge them. I don't care if it's a blog, whether it's a newsletter, whether it's a book. What, what, what is something that you want them to think about? I would like them to uh, know that they can do it. But not to tackle it on your own. There are a lot of moving parts. Um, many more than people realize. Again, I go back to family, to life, all these things that happen that influence it. So if you want to write a book, you've imagined it, as I mentioned before, it's time to truly explore it. And exploring means speaking to other authors, speaking to publishers, finding out really what is involved in writing a book. And uh, with the industry, as I mentioned, being so accepting of self-publishing that you can get yourself out there, it's easy. And start with something small. Mm. Start with something small. Start with a book that's going to maybe amount to uh, 300 pages, but something small. And keep it focused on one topic. From there, once you've built your skills, you can move on to book two, where you can either expand on the first topic of book one or approach another topic. But it's in all, it, it, it's really just knowing what you want. What is your end goal? What do you want out of this book will guide you as to where to start and how to continue if you know where you want to go with it. That's good advice. Really, really good advice, you know, because my first book is about 250 pages and I know I'm in the process of, I've had another one that I've, I've kind of put aside because I'm for, focusing on a leadership book and you're so right now it's the, the, um, concept of being overwhelmed is not there it's just now it just becomes a process of fitting in into time right time and and business like you said work-life balance all that stuff becomes very key but the process of writing the book is not overwhelming anymore exactly exactly and and that's the beauty of it it's just taking that first plunge into that icy water uh, mm -hmm. but having a life jacket on and maybe a life ring and someone holding your hand and the next jump in you're on your own you're solo you're enjoying it and that's what it's really all about it writing is such a beautiful and wonderful journey to 
express uh, what you have in you, to let the world know what you think, uh, what you feel, uh, motivate people, encourage people, and have people realize that they're really not alone, that there are millions of other people who are sharing their experiences as well. And be, so, so what I'm interested in is because uh, um, when someone comes to you, do you kind of guide them into uh, whether, um, if, whether if they're looking for publishing options, is that something that you kind of send them off to resource? And can you talk really about the different, you talked a little bit about self-publishing. What's the difference between that and going between that, that and a normal publisher? Okay. What happens once your book is completed with us, uh, we refer you on to one of our dedicated publishers if you chose to go with that method. Um, and then we also introduce you to uh, two other individuals who can help you monetize your book by speaking, uh, another individual who can prep you and teach you the podcasting and everything that goes along with your book. So you're never left high and dry. So your book is done and there are at least three more steps that we, can that we do introduce you to to help you bring that book to the next stage. Self-publishing is something that we are looking at uh, offering our clients, um, and that is the full layout, um, getting it up in, uh, onto Amazon, things like that. At present, I ask my clients to look into um, a publishing house where they can, with the ISBN numbers, they can help you uh, market it, they can help you get it directly onto the shelves of chapters and things like that. Those things are not, uh, I can't do for you at this time. So there are always two options. We go the self-publishing route, or you, we refer you on to a dedicated publisher who can help you with those areas. And that's, uh, you know, but keeping the editing process with us. As you well know, there's some publishing houses that will take you from beginning to end, and right. as you did with guiding you and uh, editing for you and then publishing for you. Um, a lot of clients are on a budget. So sometimes if you offer uh, what we do, where you have your editing one part, then you take the other three sections at a later date or timing with where you are uh, with getting your book launched. So uh, for some people, there's a financial component in it, uh, which is one reason they look at the process that we offer as well. Awesome. And I know a lot of people, I um, actually went with a, a hybrid publisher. So I own the rights to my book. And then what I did is I re-released it um, because I own the rights um, under my own publishing house name a, a year, uh, two years later. Lovely. So I mean, there's so many different things that you can do. Now, exactly. for, for people looking to, to find out more about you, Deborah, if they're interested in um, just uh, having a conversation, do you do consultations? And where can people get a hold of you to be able to, to learn a little bit more about the boutique uh, firm and, and if they're lo looking at starting to write a book? I can reach Deborah at creativeconsultingservices.ca. Um, if you'd like, you can always call me up. I'm always open to having a conversation. Um, hearing someone's voice is integral to part of the work that, not part of the work, to all of the work that I do. I need your essence. I need the tone. So by calling me at 289-969-9287, we can start the conversation. I can get a feel for you. You can get a feel for me. We can meet, have coffee, have cake. I love cake. And uh, talk about the next step. It's a no-pressure approach with us. It's all about exploration. 
It's all about timing. It's all about when you are ready to start, not when I want to put you into a queue. It's all about when you want to start. So I do invite anyone uh, listening, and I hope there are a lot of people listening. If you've imagined it, it's time to explore it, and we'll help you write it. Wow. That, see, I should have met you before, way back. So uh, for everyone listening, uh, Deborah, this has been amazing. So, you know, going back to what I talk about, which is getting connected to yourself. If you have, um, you know, something that you want to share with the world and you're like scared of the process, it's in you. It's downloading it from your brain onto paper. And someone like um, Deborah can help you do that. Um, I can tell you when I was writing my book, you know, I got the, I also thought, what gives me the right to think I can write a book? And the self-doubt is always there um, as you go through it the first time. And then you get it done. And then you're like, wow, I wrote a book. So to know that any, it's possible for anyone. If it's something that's really a passion for you, um, you can do it. Just get, get connected authentically to that intuitive space within yourself. And then um, connect with someone like uh, Deborah uh, start the process and I can tell you from me um, and what it has done in my life it has been an amazing um, process knowing that a lot of people that I've touched their lives with my book and um, that I continue to be able to reach out with the with the messages speaking and training from the book today so thank you again for tuning in thanks for being here Deborah and, you. and uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, talk, connect with any, everyone. If you're needing more information on me, uh, you can go to RoxanneDurhodge.com. Uh, I'm a mental health and wellness specialist and keynote and a trainer. So take care, everyone, and we'll chat with you soon. Take care, Deborah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.